0: <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Well, you know, Tristan and his uh, teaching this morning, that was wonderful, Tristan. And uh, it's great to know that a mean old tax collector like Levi became Matthew, the gift of God. Isn't that beautiful? If he can save him, I'm pretty sure he can save me too. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, anyway, it was a great teaching. And one of the things he talked about, that Jesus is coming back. Now, we've been talking about this, it seems like, for the last couple of months. And that we are to be ready. We are not going to be the five virgins that didn't have oil for their lamps. So when the bridegroom came and knocked on the door... They said to the other five virgins who did prepare, who got ready, and they had oil for their lamp, they said, Give me some of your oil. Oh, no, because we won't have enough for ourselves. So we want to be ready and prepared to see Jesus and meet him when he comes back. Because whether you believe it or not, and I feel bad for you if you don't believe it, because when he comes back, what are you going to do? He's coming back. (laughs) So be ready. Get ready. And the best way to get ready is how? Open the Word of God and see what God says about everything. That's the only way you're going to know because otherwise you're going to listen to social media, internet, Wikipedia, everything else to fill your head with information, but it's not God's information. So get ready. Get in the Word. Get ready for God's return, for Jesus' return. So if you're first-time visitor here today we're so happy to have you we hope that you're blessed and we have a gift bag for you if you didn't get it please pick one up at the entrances so next sunday for our sunday bible class gino my (laughs) ed so we've got these awesome teachers that we're just rotating and we're getting the most of god's word yes sure (laughs) no, <laughs> Sorry, you wanted to speak.
1: <laughs> uh, everyone is invited to, to the Bible study next week, but please prepare by reading John 17, okay? Be prepared because we're going to fly through it. We, we're not going deep, but we're going to go deep enough. That's something we could spend three, four months studying. But uh, read John 17, please.
0: Okay. John 17. And that is right before Jesus was crucified. So you want to really get into this. Now this Thursday, we are having the TLC women and the TLC men. Gino is going to be leading the men. He's surprised. But for the women, (laughs) Jane Hyatt, who is... one of the missionaries from Ukraine that we support as she rescues children off the streets, out of the sewers, and they have this wonderful place called the Ark. Well, she is coming back, and she's on a flight right now from Paris to come to the States. <laughs> they, She had a flight, and they canceled the airline flights that she was booked on, but God was good. He, She found another airline. She was able to... Fly to Paris and then to Atlanta. So, this Thursday, she's going to be leading our women. So, please attend. She has a lot to share with us. And uh, so, what are we going to do now? Thank you. Rhonda, you're a wonderful worship leader. Thank you that you know we're having tithes and offerings. Well, it seems like hardly anybody knew. (laughs) Well, I just want to speak that in Philippians. Tristan, would you come up here, please? In Philippians. (laughs) No, no. I meant Stephen. I love you, Tristan. I meant Stephen. (laughs) Their shirts look alike. (laughs) He's my brother. I love him. him. (laughs) Well, anyway... The word of God says in Philippians 4:19, "And my God shall supply all my needs according to <laughs> His glorious riches in Christ Jesus." Well, Stephen had a couple of miracles, but I want him to tell us about one. But see, God brings miracles in different ways, different ways.
2: Well, God sometimes will give you appliances as a blessing. Our washing machine broke a few weeks ago, and it sounded like it was, it had been going down to the river and beating the clothes on rocks, because it was, it sounded like it was trying to come through the wall, and I took it apart, and there was a, a leak in the tub seal, and it had leaked water, and totally rusted out the frame, and the springs all came loose, and. You know, when the dryer spins or the the washer spins, it gets some momentum going. So I haven't had a washer for a few weeks. And driving home last Sunday, my wife goes, "There's a washer out on the street." <laughs> and our next door neighbors, so I went over and asked them. I says, "What's wrong with the washer?" They said nothing. Works great. Washes clothes great but what are you getting rid of it for says well my sister she uh it's a front load washer and she has trouble bending down to get the clothes out can I have it (laughs) now I got a new washer (laughs) thank you Lord so is
0: that a coincidence no for we who are Christians we know that God did that God put that Washing machine there for Kathy and Stephen. So, Father God, we thank you that you do supply all of our needs according to your glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And right now we give our tithes and offerings with a cheerful heart because we know that all around the world, our money goes all around the world to help people and to bring them to you. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. Amen. So you know you can get a washer. You know, God it's like the the guy that was on the roof, the flood, you know the story. And he sent by, he's praying for God. He sent by a boat, then didn't get on the boat. He said no. God's gonna save me and he sent by like a life raft, didn't didn't go on. And he sent the helicopter. And the guy wouldn't get on the helicopter. No, God's going to save me. And just before he drowns, he says, God, I thought you were going to save me. He said, man, I sent you two boats and a helicopter. You know, what do you want to do? I got you a washing machine. If you need something, look around for it. You know, God may have it right in front of your eyes. Yeah. And God wants us to have fun. In church, you want us to enjoy each other and have a good, good time. And uh, that's what we do here. Dear God, we thank you today for washing machines. Father, we speak dryers and ranges and everything else right now to those that need. You say if we need, we just ask without doubting. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Well, today's the Super Bowl, and uh, so... I want to talk about a few things that are winning traits for the Super Bowl, but you can also transfer these traits for life. And uh, so it's Super Bowl Sunday today, and don't forget Valentine's Day is tomorrow. So guys, there's still some cards and some of those cheap chocolates at Walgreens. You better get there quick, because they're going, they're sliding off the roof. I mean, they're getting out of there quick. Uh, So it's the game this afternoon, and uh, you know, it's game, it's... Maybe not in this weather, but possibly some tailgating, teams and players, you know, the commercials that always come on in the Super Bowl, the halftime show and everything that goes on with that. And there's a lot of stuff associated with big games like this, Super Bowl, chips and dip, barbecue, and ice cooler filled with Pepsi. You know, I like to use current events to bring out biblical truths. And uh, winning traits for the Super Bowl are some that are for life. Now, as full disclosure, I just want to tell you that uh, I'm not a sports fan. I've watched maybe a couple of Super Bowls in my life all the way through. And I'll tell you, those that start at 6.30 at night, I'm not going to watch all the way through. But uh, I'll watch the commercials on the Internet tomorrow. And so not being a sports fan, and I see Vince over here, he can hit a golf ball 300, 350 yards straight down the center. You know, uh, he knows the game. Dennis, you know the game of baseball. You live the game of baseball. But I'm not a sports fan, so those of you that don't know me, those of you who know me, they know I'm just, it's just not in me. But I'm going to compare some of these traits that, Super Bowl athletes are going to exhibit today and have exhibited to get where they are, and we can use them. And you know, surprisingly, the Bible has these same traits listed. And, and so, as you think about what it takes to get to the Super Bowl, what it takes all year from this time last year, and there's a few traits. The first trait I want to talk about is preparation. And I want you to think about what it takes in order to prepare for the Super Bowl. I mean, many of these athletes and in all of these athletic fields, certainly, you know, you think about Tiger Woods and you think about Michael Jordan, you think about Tom Brady, you think about all these folks, they started as children. There was something in them as children that their parents saw and they began to prepare them as children now. Bible talks to us about bringing up a child and the way that they should go. And, and these athletes have a diet, not like a diet like I have. They have a strict diet, and they've got to follow this diet. And they, they go to group trainings and combines. Uh, in a recent interview in Men's Health magazine, future Hall of Famer and seven-time Super Bowl champion Tom Brady mentioned that he does not use any weights for his training regimen. He trains only on resistance bands, theratubes, sports bands when doing any type of strength training. He loves using this vibrating roller and soft tissue to help increase blood circulation and relieve muscle tension. He trains, he prepares. He didn't make it this year, but you never know. Even in the shoulder pads, they'll put radio chip identifiers so that you can see what routes that the receivers run and you can view that from a team perspective to see what routes your teams need to run in order to defeat the other team. They look at hours and hours and hours of film of their opponents. They prepare like it's all they can do. It's all that they want. They want to win. I want you to know God wants you to win. They study the opponents. They run. They eat. They sleep. They do all that they can to prepare for this game today. And they've been preparing for it all year long. Will Smith, a former player with the New Orleans Saints, said this. During these next two weeks, these guys will just prepare and prepare and prepare to play the big game. So a lot of preparation, and the stakes are extremely high, he said. And you know everyone is going to be watching all over the world, and it's a lot of pressure. See, you've got to train all year for this day if you're going to be in the Super Bowl. Training is a winning trait. But what about training for Christians? The Bible has some really practical stuff. And my hope is today that you'll take a couple of these concepts with you and stick them in your pocket and think about them as you look for winning traits in life. Preparation the first one. In 1 Corinthians 9, here's what it talks about as far as training. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners, they run, but only one gets the prize. Run in such a way to get the prize Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. Look, if we're going to go against the wiles of the devil, if we're going to go against fear, doubt, and judgment, if we're going to face the troubles of today, we've got to go into strict training. Pastor Ramona talked about it. Part of it is getting this Bible out and reading it, studying it, digging into it for the truths of life. He says, they do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. The Super Bowl, you're going to get the, the trophy. And you're going to get it for a year, and it's your trophy. But next year, there's another winner. And next year, there's another Super Bowl and another winner and another Super Bowl and another winner. That's for a crown that will perish. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I don't fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave. So after I have preached to others, I will not be disqualified for the prize. Preparation is a big thing, and we can prepare every single day. If we just take a few minutes a day of our year, not for the Super Bowl, but for life, read a little bit of the Bible. Find a Bible that you can understand. It doesn't have to be the Schofield edition of the King James version. It can be any Bible. It's on your phone. Read just a little. Pray just a little. You see, when you're in life, what you don't want is a flag to call you back if you've made some progress. You don't want to get penalized. You, you want to keep moving forward. You're pressing for a goal. Strict training reading the Bible, studying, working on bad eating habits. I'm not talking about just eating. I'm talking about how you consume the word of God. It's a diet. It's a diet that will stick with you. It'll help you. Listen to what Ephesians 4 says. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people so that they would be trained he wanted them to be equipped for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up see getting the training to equip each other now you can prepare all day long but you need another winning trait if you're gonna win the Super Bowl and you'll need a trait in life like this preparation was the first one the second trait that you really really need in order to succeed in life is attitude you gotta have the right attitude Michael Jordan said this if you quit once it becomes a habit don't quit don't quit here's what Charles Swindoll said follow along with me the longer I live the more I realize the impact of attitude on life Attitude to me is more important than facts. It's more important than the past, than education, than money, than circumstances, than failures, than successes. That what other people think or say or do, attitude is more important than appearance or giftedness or skill. It will make or break a company, a church, a home. The remarkable thing is we have we have a choice every day regarding the attitude that we'll embrace for that day. We can't change our past. We can't change the fact that people will act in a certain way and we can't change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is to play the one string we have, and that's our attitude. I'm convinced that life is 10% of what happens to me and 90% of how I react to it. And so it is with you. We are in charge of our attitudes. If you don't have the right attitude when troubles come your way, because as you know, the Christian life does not, it does not promise us a life free of troubles. It promises us a spirit to go with us, to help us to get through whatever is there and overcome. Athletes have winning attitudes. How many times in a Super Bowl game has the outcome been decided against all odds? Sometimes in the last minute. Sometimes in the last few minutes, it's points after points. It's like when you're watching the TV and you're saying, there's no way they can come back from this. Why even try? But it's the drop ball. It's the fumble. It's the, it's the turn and the missed handoff. It's the pass where the guy's wide open, but in comes that strong safety and Either tips a ball or grabs it. It's the field goal from 50, 55 yards that when you look at it, it's just impossible. And if you go out with the attitude of, I might as well quit now, then you might as well. You control your attitude. Don't you react to someone else's bad attitude. Don't let them drag you down. Think of some of the mental toughness and attitude that our men and women in service have to have in order to live. The odds that they face in faraway places, the attitude that is drilled in them in preparation, it's a winning attitude. And I'm here to tell you, it's the attitude that God wants for you. He wants you to win. Philippians 2 says this. This is a good news translation. Listen to this. Philippians 2, 5. The attitude you should have is the one that Christ Jesus had. He didn't give up. He didn't stop. Against all odds, he moved forward. And against all odds, he kept training and teaching and loving. And in that attitude in you, the Bible talks about this, how you, what you need to do every day, Romans twelve two. Don't conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Change your mind every day. Renew it push the reset button. I recently had an issue with, uh, with my laptop this week and uh, I was Googling Vince Lombardi and this big era thing jumped up. I had to call Paul Wheeler. Paul, what do I do? Help. And without seeing the computer, he, he walked me through it and we reset it. This is what you need to do. Reset your mind, because when you wake up in the morning, you may face a day that is troublesome. You may face circumstances in your family, in your work. You may face things that you think are just the end. I don't have a washing machine. What am I going to do? Renew your mind. Set your attitude straight. Start looking for the blessings of God that are going to be right out in front of you, right out on the street, right out near where you live. You can prepare. And you can have the right attitude. But some things are bigger than you. Tristan alluded to it this morning in his Bible study. You need help. So some things are not done alone. You've heard it say that it takes a village to raise a child. You can prepare, you can have the right attitude, but, but here's something else you need to you need to think about that's a winning trait for the Super Bowl, but it is for life, and that's teamwork. To equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the body of Christ. Here's what Proverbs twenty seven seventeen says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another this is one of the reasons that you should remain in a fellowship of people. This is a reason you should remain around like-minded men and women. This is a reason that you should try to build a relationship. It's, it's, it's particularly difficult for men to build relationships to open up and to trust. But it's essential that we sharpen each other, not as a sharpen to file off stuff, but to make us better. A dull knife is no good. It'll hurt you. A sharp knife. God wants us to be sharp, and he wants us to uplift each other. 1 Corinthians 12, 14 says this. Even so, the body is made up of one part, but many. The body is made up of many parts. And we all can't be this or that. The, the teachers that we have in this congregation are phenomenal. They're, they're just phenomenal. Um, please try hard not to miss them. You will grow and grow and grow. Teamwork. First Peter 4.10 says this. Each of you should use whatever gifts you receive to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. Yes, you need to prepare. Be prepared, Boy Scouts. Be prepared. Yes, you need the right attitude, the attitude that is of Christ. You need to renew your mind every day, you need to have the right thinking you need a a team to win the Super Bowl nobody has ever won the Super Bowl with one person nobody's ever won life with one person you need support you need a team but there's one more trait that I just want to talk about for just a moment and that's execution Tristan talked about it in the Bible study this morning. You know, you can do everything right, and you can study, you can prepare, you can have your attitude right, you can get, have all those around you, but if you don't execute, if you don't do it, you can stand up to the golf ball. It's not going to hit itself down the fairway. The football will sit on the tee, but you've got to kick it. It seems simple, doesn't it? You can have every tool that God gave you, but if you don't execute, if you don't do it, if you're a teacher and you don't teach, you're a singer and you don't sing, if you have the Holy Spirit in you and you don't share it with others, it's it's right there. You've got it. You're not gonna win those to Christ if you don't share it. You've got to execute. James 1, through 25 says this, do not listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but doesn't do it is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away immediately and forgets what he looks like. But whoever intently, looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they'll be blessed in all they do. You, you've got to execute. God wants you to win. He wants to give you blessings. He wants to open up his life to you. He wants you to get through life but you've got to do the Christian walk is a walk of doing, not just sitting back and not grasping your salvation and saying, I've got it. I won. God wants you to share what he's given to you. He wants you to share what it is that made you come to Christ. You will reach people that no one else can reach young black man I knew Eric Porter a good good friend of mine we had a Bible study every week he died and he lived off a George Ingram Boulevard he sat in his front yard right out on George Ingram reading his Bible and teaching anyone that would come by when I would go by there sometimes to have lunch with him there'd be just one person sometimes there'd be three Sometimes he'd say, Brother Louie, you won't believe this guy was a drug addict, and he came here, and I shared the word of God with him, and he's coming back tomorrow. Can you come by, and let's share the gospel with him? Eric Porter probably brought more people to Christ than many of the people I know because he executed. He, He was prepared. I've never known a man that can memorize a Bible like he did. I, I know he had the right attitude and he had a team, me, my brother, Frank and him, but his strong point was on execution in order to score the point in order to make the hole. Michael Jordan said in an interview on ESPN, he said, when he would go up in these games that was a last second, last shot. He said, i missed 6,000 of them. He says, but as I would jump up and I would have the ball, and he says, as I would see the hoop from beyond the three-point line, he said, it looked like a big bucket. He said, how could I miss it? He said, but you'd never make it if you didn't take the shot church today Saints TLC God wants me to tell you take the shot take the shot today if you watch the Super Bowl I want you to think of all these concepts as they come back to you today as you're eating cheese and chili dip I want you to think about what you can do to win the Super Bowl of life, these traits in your life. God wants you to win. Yeah. Dear God, we thank you today. We thank you that you give us a way. Father, that you give us an opportunity. And, Father, that you've given us today an example of a game that we can take a look at, that we can understand. And Father, just like the coaches on either side, just like all the fans on either side, just like the people all over the world that are looking at this, wanting their team to win, God, I know that you want us to win. I know that you want us to score. I know that you want us to share what we have that you've given us. And we thank you, God, for that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So I hope this has helped you today. I I hope that you'll take these life examples and think about them in your life and how they fit and how they can work in your life. And, And my hope is that you'll take them and use them and that this week you'll take a putt, you'll take a shot, you'll kick, you'll do something to advance the gospel. And I thank you for that. So today, take it with you, enjoy it, love on it. Hallelujah.